When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's episode 185, Peter, isn't it? Woohoo! It's the Christmas special of sorts, anyway. Yeah, that is to say, it's, it's the last one before Christmas that we're doing. And we have a returning guest from fairly recently um, coming back to give us a second stint of his wonderful uh, stories and anecdotes and brilliant reflections. It's Mr. Ian Hart. How are you doing, Harty? I'm fine, mate. Thank you for having me back on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Oh, yeah, we enjoyed it so much last time. It's a good start. <laughs> it's, uh... We've allocated slightly more time as well, so we can really get oh, well, our teeth into that's things. That's yeah. good. But yeah. always so, good. Soap operas allowed. About, obviously, both, both past and present. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, looking forward to, well, not, not, you know, we were saying before we came on about the, the lockdown. I, I don't think the lockdown or the, or the circuit breaker that they're talking about is going to be early enough to um, stop the lowest ever Albion attendance in a Premier League game. <laughs> on Boxing Day, um, but I think um, I don't think we'll be going to Chelsea, and I don't think we'll be going to Everton. I don't know what you mean about the lowest ever Albion attendance. It'll be thirty thousand, surely. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, a bit attendance, like, not it, pretendance. It's a bit like an escape to victory. Do you remember when when the Germans scored and the bloke turned the um, t- turned the crowd noise up? Didn't it? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was almost so like we... a, a facade. I mean, you know, well, we, had, the, we had that during lockdown, didn't we? The crowd noise, so why not? Yeah, yeah. But the but the wolves, the 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 wolves attendance to a degree you can un, understand with the Omicron and and um, and whatever. But ultimately, people vote with their feet when they're not getting the product, don't they? Yeah, I, I wasn't going to wolves anyway. I, I decided a while ago that wasn't going to go. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't go either. I, I probably wouldn't have gone anyway, but. Even if I was going to go originally, but I decided in the end I wasn't going to go because it just. Sorry looked... to name drop, gentlemen, but I went with Mark McGee. Oh, nice! You have a pint of whiskey and uh, and uh, and we clang um, and we dined in the um, in the Goldstone Restaurant, and he did a bit on the mic with Bob Booker and Alan Mullery came in because it was his 80th birthday recently, and um, it was fascinating to sit with Mark McGee 
it would yeah. be it it would be unfair to say what Mark McGee was saying because he was constructive, but he was quite vocal and he was quite um, you know. So I'm not going to single people out and not going to single. But it was fascinating to actually as a football fan, you know, just a football fan, to actually sit next to someone during a game who knows what they're doing. It's their job. Did he suggest that Mark McCavan will be more effective than Lucadia? No, no. <laughs> See, Mark and I, we, go back to the McCammons, we've got anecdote one here. Do you remember when McCammon phoned the phone in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I heard about it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear it first. McCammon phoned the, the phone in because I dared to criticise him. <laughs> and that actually got the album some money. It was while we were doing that lifeline thing, you know, where you know, make a wish or whatever it was called. Um, because McCammon went on the media without getting permission from the club. So McGee signed, uh, fined him two weeks' wages. So the next time I saw That's Mark, an expensive he goes, phone call. He goes, he goes, thanks, thanks for that, Hearty. He said, uh, yeah, I fined him two weeks' wages. So yeah, <laughs> see, so I was making money for the club. Whilst being on air, uh, you know. frankly, he was still getting too much money those two weeks, even though he was getting paid in the thing. Yeah, but uh, no. So um, you know, Mark, Mark was Mark was very very, and I, I was amazed whilst the um, uh, goal was disappointing. Um, the the failings on the defending for the Wolves goal, mm. it was bad enough as a as a bog standard football fan, but when you have it pointed out to you who's gone where wrong and who's done this and that. Yeah. Like I said, it was fascinating. It was yeah. just a, a shame that the, the that the game was um, forgettable, really. Yeah, indeed. I mean, should have, we've said on, the, on the, the previous pod that Wolves should have probably won by more in the end. They had two or three really good opportunities in the second half where if they'd, if they'd had a decent couple of attackers, their, their front three got a lot of fuss because they were very quick, but they actually wasted a number of chances. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did think they were very good at, at hold, holding their heads, weren't they? No. Um, going down injured. Because clearly, you know, they, you know... Paul Marcel, he'd been like he's in a war zone. He'd been, you know, he was struck down so brutally that, every minute. Um, that if you clutch your head, the ref has to stop the game. Yeah. Whatever's going on. Oh, that one where he clearly just, like, brushed his, like, his shoulder, brushed one of our players, and he went down yeah. his head was disgraceful. I mean... Yeah. And so, it, players who actually are do have head injuries as well because yeah. they might not stop it because they're like oh someone's faking it and then you know it's no, kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's also, I mean there's also the fact that everyone knows if you're if you're a man that when you've struck in the testicles um in in the in the in the line of fire in his case in the case of defending um you you completely are fine for a moment and then not fine again a moment <laughs> later yeah I'm sure yes. it's completely a, you know quite valid that he stood up walked for a little bit then fell down again you know what what could be wrong with that I think it was a load <laughs> of old balls you know yeah <laughs> Steve Ball yeah oh god. Yeah. Can't, can't stand that bloke, I have to say. Um, and I know Nick, who we had on the show last time you came on, um, friend of the show, hello to you, Nick, if you're listening again. Um, he said on, I think it was on the Albion Raw last week, that he, um, Wolves are fast becoming his least favourite Premier League team for all the antics that they were up to. And they've been well, time-wasting after, way well, they're, before. They're quite a way off club. mine. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> quite a way off mine. I was going to say, oh, well, after yeah. Leeds, Manchester United, New Burnley, Crystal Palace. Burnley. Southampton yeah, as well, yeah. and West Ham are on mine. Yeah. So, but, oh, no, yeah. no, West, West Ham are all right. They're all right. Ooh, yeah, I, I think know. you just named my... Your four or five there are just literally the same as mine. Yeah, I know, you know. Southampton, because they've 
because they've been pretenders to our throne for 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 decades. Yeah, I know who's kings I remember of the South when, Coast, when, by the way, for the last few you know years. when when, the, the when we year. had the when we had the Southern TV and then the TBS and then the Meridian TV bias where Brighton got to the FA Cup final, but they but they focused on Southampton ladies first or something <laughs> yes. like that. Hampshire TV. I mean, yeah. And by the way, Brighton got the FA Cup final. So anyway, look, that's <laughs> gone. gone. Let's um, done. Rant done over on that one. <laughs> Rant over. We will, we will come on to some of the, some of the contemporary um, matters, actually, in, uh, probably in part two. Yeah. But in part yeah. one, I wanted to follow up with um, further conversations on the subject that we covered when, when you were yeah. on before with Nick, um, which is about the fanzine years, the war years. We, you've mentioned yeah. quite a bit of the background on the war years yeah. itself side. But I know Nick said that he, he would have liked to have heard a little bit more about the, you know, the sticky paste on the table and all the kind of, you know, all oh, the, yeah, the no, nitty gritty. The, the, you know, the, the, I mean, the, how was it run? The, well, no, it was, we just based, basically used to put it together. Um, the, the, the papers used to type them out on a word processor, print them out, and then <laughs> take, take, them, take them to a printer and then the printer. And in fact, um, we had to, I think it was, we had to part company with one of our printers because on Easter, I think it was Easter 1991, um, we had a crucifixion scene. And we had Perry Digweed next to Jesus and, and, and Perry saying to our Lord Jesus Christ, stick with me, I'm good on crosses. <laughs> and, and, our, and our printer refused to print it. Now, in oh, hindsight, dear. in hindsight, as, a, as a, a, a probably a person the, the same age, and at, at the time, even, I know I was a parent then, but I was a very immature 25-year-old then. So we, like with the plane crash, um, you know, front cover, we didn't think anything of it. Um, so you were you know, a bit, you were a bit non-fast like Monty Python were over well, yeah, life no, of crime. It, it, it was yeah. almost innocence. In fact, you, you, you talk about innocence. And, uh, um, do you remember when Robert Cobner did Wanker Signs? As, as he was going off. Yeah, vaguely. I to can't remember West when it was. But yeah, yeah, no, to, to the West End. This was in 1990. I think I'd just, yeah. got, I'd just got married or whatever. And um, No, it was before I got married, but uh, I was living at my flat. And someone sent in a, uh, a picture. And please, these are different times, so I don't want anybody on your podcast, you know, get me in trouble. Someone right. sent us a picture of a chimpanzee doing a wanker sign, right? <laughs> so we put it in the fanzine and said, Robert Cobner, because you just thought it was someone doing a wanker sign. The fact it was a chimpanzee just went, went over our heads. Years later, when you mature slightly, you realise the racial overtones. And mm. I, like, if a fanzine put that in now, they'd be hung drawn and cool yeah, so so to you kind of like they've just gone over your head and just uh because he'd done these wanker signs and then there was a little chimpanzee doing wanker signs. He was very sim similar to Danny Baker when he put the thing in about the new baby, the the new royal baby going, you know, when he had a pitch mm. picture of the chimpanzee. I don't think he meant that in a racist way. I just think it it was a funny picture. And um, you know, I look it's 
you have yeah. to live and well, die by the sword. I mean, yeah. there are certain things that you just that I just I shudder now to think that 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 we put certain things in. Yeah. To be fair, that's the thing. It's of that time, isn't it? It's from oh, it's oh, from the nineties, and it, yeah, I mean things. Time. You know, th- but things it was quickly like when, look when dated, said, don't they? Now, when we we look know, back, I did. I can't recall because I can't recall what I had for my tea last night. Um, <laughs> did we touch on the David Bellotti child snatch when, when, when I spoke to you last? I don't no, think we, we did. did. We, we talked no. a bit about no, Bellotti, but right, we didn't so talk about that. This is, this is another oh. one that you think at the time, you think, well, you know, <laughs> we had a kid phone us up um, when I worked at Tribes with Pete, and he goes, right, I've been following Bellotti's son to school. I know where he goes to school. I'm going to snatch him. Oh yeah, you did. We did talk about yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you think, Jesus Christ, you know, how far are you prepared to, to go? You know, child kidnap, you know. So you just think, no, you can't. It's like poor old Simon Valder, you know. And again, different times. Simon Valder, when he threatened to kill David Bellotti, but left it on his answering machine, and he yeah. went to prison for four months, didn't he? he you know, mm. he was our Nelson Mandela. But again, I, <laughs> I said that and then got told off when I was on the radio when I described some of others. Nelson Mandela, it is, it is of a time. And that's where I think as as much as... I think the, 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 the club, and I think we touched on this last time, and looking at the We Are Brighton thing and the clickbait thing, we're mm. fortunate to have the club playing in the level of football that they're playing. I think the club are very fortunate in themselves that there's no fanzine culture now and no fanzine movement. Because, a, because we're a Premier League club, or do you think that's... No, 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 I just think fanzines... You know, we, we used to go to press on a Monday, Tuesday, and we used to get the, the goals on, on the Thursday. Well, you know, you, if you look at North Stand Chat on a Monday, yeah. then it's, it's out of date sometimes by Tuesday. So hmm. I don't think... It's it's a, it's a it's a football thing rather than a or a times thing rather than. Yeah, a, a I think it's a, a time thing. I think I think probably non-league clubs of a certain size probably can you know would have a sort of fanzine movement. Um, yeah. I, I I don't you know. It's I, interesting because one of the things I was saying to Russ is this week is coming to the news is the Oldham situation. I don't know if you've heard much about that, but they're no. they're under um, they basically their owners have pushed them to the ground yeah, at the edge of. Going out the league, they've I think had ten managers in yeah. four seasons under the under, under these owners, and they banned three fans this week for basically expressing for being like anti the owners, basically for, for protesting against the owners. They banned them for four years from home games and tried to ban them from away games as well. They threatened to, although sounds familiar, doesn't it? For that, and yes, it took it me does. back to our fight against Bellotti and Archer and all that. Yeah. And, you know how how different it is in a way now, but also you know these and it actually does seem to have completely you know kind of pulled everyone together from the point of view of Oldham fans and they're you know, united behind these three fans and you know against the owners who are basically behaved disgracefully. And the chief exec, uh, and a, a head of marketing or head of something or other who seems to be the one who's leading on this, who apparently is at Blackpool under the Oystons as well. So well, has got his um, and banned fans at, at that point as well. So he's obviously a, a complete scumbag in football terms. Mm-hmm. You know, basically yeah, I mean, just, that, they didn't ban as many fans as I thought they um, when during the uh, wars with us, did they? I mean, you know, mm. we, we 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 had had knowledge from Terry Hill, who, who was the police liaison officer, who was the Darren Balkum of his day. 
the one who looked like Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> um, he he had been in a um, in a in a meeting with Bellotti and John Back, who was the safety officer, some um, fresh from us threatening to snatch his koi carp. See, koi carp were all right. We could snatch them. <laughs> I do the maybe now, maybe children. not tomorrow. <laughs> koi carp. We can have koi carp. But where's the line in between koi carp and kids, though? I mean, is cats okay? Is you know... <laughs> well, no, because these koi carp was boys' carp, and this this John Back, and I'm, I don't know if he's still with us, but uh, so I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But he was what your nanny would have run as a shit house, right? He was horrible, and I and I just think. Um, uh, that that we that we were reaching the end of our tether with John Back, so we got wind from within the club that they, these koi carp were his prized pos- uh, uh, possession. So Pete Kennard, in his allegedly column, said about there's been a, a lot of koi carp thefts in the area where he lived, <laughs> and all that. And people need to be very vigilant because imagine your disappointment when you come down and find your pond empty. <laughs> so. So we put a marker there. Anyway, they, they were having this chat and uh, uh, Bellotti um, mooted about banning Pete and I. It was after one, I think it was after the Mansfield protest. And Terry Hill, who, 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 who was, you know, nice enough geezer and that, you know, for a copper, um, said, um, no, I think you're best knowing where they are in the ground. And uh, Bellotti, tip, typical politician, said, oh, that's a very good idea. He said, don't ban them, because if you ban them, you'll send them underground, and then that could get dangerous. <laughs> so that was good. So, But I banned little Nige. Do you remember my little mate who's um, vertically challenged, little Nige Erskine? Yeah, so, yeah, I think not, so. Bit, he's not the ball billiards player, is he? No, 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 no. Oh, he's, a, no, no. he's just a pisshead. Um, look... Uh, <laughs> He, uh, which which are most bar billiards players anyway. Um, I mean, I just just quickly as uh, an aside, my mate's nephew is a bar billiards in, international, which sounds great until you hear the only three countries that play are Jersey, Guernsey, and England. So. <laughs> well, my mate Lockie Mar- Marcus was um, um, doubles world champion at bar billiards, which again sounds great when you say like that. <laughs> And, yeah. and it was his partner, Nigel, by his own ambition. Uh, I don't know the surname of the fellow, um, yeah. who, um, who's apparently like the top, the top dog. Uh, yeah, he was the yeah. world champion at least a couple of times, which is quite good. Anyway, anyway, yeah, digress. So, yeah, so, no, so Nigel got banned for the yeah. uh, after the Mansfield game because he'd come on, he'd led us on to the pitch, and Beardo pulled a bit of a stroke where we were selling goals. I, and he said uh, to, to Nigel, "Can you come and see me after the game?" I've got something for you. And he, you know, Nigel being Nigel, he's quite, you know, innocent or uh, a little bit behind the door. And he went there and he got a banning order, which we just smuggled him in for the, for the um, Doncaster game. Cause they weren't going to nick it, nick it the Doncaster game. But uh, hmm. no, it is, look, it is, it is what it is. I mean, it, it was bizarrely. I'm, I'm not saying that it would have petered out, but the, but the but the war years and and the battle strengthened our resolve because we had to sort of fight and and get you know get behind the the, the club and um, or, or get fighting fighting for the club mm. you know and it, and it is interesting when when you look at the various history I, I was at some, I was in some someone's office the other day and they had a, a lovely 
picture of the Goldstone. And if you look at the Gamleys stuff across the road and the industrial estate there, if we'd had the correct path and the best way forward, we probably could have built an Amex type stadium at the Goldstone in stages, like they've done with Anfield, like they've done with Norwich, like they've done with several other, like they did with Upton Park before they flogged it. Um, yeah. So it is disappointing, but you know, you, you have to move forward. You know, you can't look back. Um, I, yeah. Look, yeah, fanzines have been good because, as I said, it, it made friends of you know, I made you know friends, lifelong friends. It's quite sad. Well, it, no, it's very sad. Not quite sad. Um, we went and laid Stuart Ashby to rest uh, the other week, and um, and I and I wouldn't have been Stuart's friend without the battle for the club. You know, I, I'd have never really met him. You know, and you were saying I think last time about how there's like people who are very different that you became. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's you know, through the club and through the, the fight. And, yeah. and I, I'll tell you what was sad at this funeral that. Um, and again, but then if you do it for her, then you have to do it for everybody. And it was very, very sad. I asked Liz Costa if she um, has she been going to the games. She hasn't given up because of COVID. She sadly gave up because Sarah died, so she had no one to, to go with. But ultimately, she gave up because she couldn't afford it. Hmm. And that and that yeah. is really sad. It is. Oh, yeah, definitely, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, and you, I think the club are moving further away from its roots as the kind of the the, the battle for you know for all the fifteen years and the Goldstone that sort of thing are moving further towards a much more corporate entity, which I understand they've got to do to degree. But also, we're saying up before off the off air. I think it's ironic that Potter mentioned the other day about the you know history and that sort of thing because I think the club have forgotten the history behind us, and I think that they they've moved away from. You know, the, yeah, the, 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 but the, I don't say to put him the money in, but we saved the club as a as a as, a, yeah. as an entity. The fans did. They were the ones. We were the ones who stood up and fought and that sort of thing. And but we don't say to him, "Well, you never played for Manchester City or Man- Manchester United or Liverpool." You know, we, we don't have a go at him about that. So, I, but yeah. I think you know, to all intents and purposes, well, he is a good manager. There are certain failings that the that the club have got that have got to be addressed um whether they will be addressed in this transfer window if they don't and just something that touched on that you said russ if they don't um and we don't get a decent end to the season the old season ticket renewals might be a little bit down yeah i think they might yeah. be and i think Unless they change the, the the ticketing system at the as we were discussing last week on the show, yeah. I think you know the exchange system. I think I mean a lot of people. I mean I I probably start you know get to the point where now I used to probably go to eighteen out nineteen out of the nineteen home games for the league. I probably go to like fifteen, sixteen just for various reasons now. So it's much it's a benefit to be able to transfer them. But if I have to pay twenty quid to do it, twenty five quid, and then get someone else to pay money if they're not a member already, then it's it's not really a benefit, and I don't really it, it's. It just means my seat's empty for four games, and I'm less likely, to, you know, to renew. And I, I probably will renew next season, but because I've just like got it's a habit now, I've just like always renew. But both. Well, I'm on a five-year ticket, so I can't not renew, renew. So they've got me not over over a barrel. I've chosen for a five five-year yeah. deal with, with 1901. But I think you're so right, Peter. I, I think you know, and so we've got to have a decent FA Cup run. 
I, I think that is a prerequisite. So you cannot put out the kids, and the and you know, and the has been and never will be. And anyone particularly you're thinking of there? <laughs> well, I, I don't. You know, I, I think we'd be better off with Brian Connolly, let alone Aaron Connolly. Um, you know, it's, once he finishes his stint in EastEnders, he no, sadly we don't know any celebrity called Lacardia who who can put in place. No, no I think we. Well, uh, I just, I just, it's just it's bizarre. I can't. I just can't put my. You know that that we can all see what what it is. Is it about money? Is it about wage uh, structure? I think it's wages mainly. We've got the money. I think they they, they tried to bid for people, but I think it's the, the wages thing. But the irony is, I've said, I've said on the show a few times, I don't think we need a massive, like, Nunez outlay or something like that, or whatever. I think we just need another equivalent of Mope, who offers something a bit different, like a bit of height, or has a bit more natural pace like that. Just something that's a little bit different, that, you know, it's not, you know, it's a bit more, a bit, bit more of a... And have you got, are, we, if it's not, are we talking like a Kiefer Moore or a, a, or a Brereton DS or something Kiefer like Moore that? Kiefer Moore, uh, your new Jared Bowen. You mentioned him a few it times. Is he your new, are you his agent now, Russ? Where is Keith Moore, though, Russ? Where, where is Keith Moore? Well, he's he's in the championship playing for uh, it's Cardiff, isn't he? He's playing for yeah, him, Cardiff. Right? Um, he's he's a centre forward type of forward, yeah. if that makes yeah, sense. So, um, a bigger so guy. Could yeah. he play with Malpay? Yeah, he could potentially. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I think Brereton Diaz could as well. He's pretty much a centre I'm, forward. I'm not convinced um, he's necessary. Keith Moore's no. necessary Premier League. He's not young. No, probably no, probably not. But just as a filler. I've yeah. thought, you know, if you get them in for an 18-month contract or something and, and just see how he does. But then you're getting into the realms of Chris O'Grady. Then. No, I don't think he's a Premier League striker. <laughs> no, no, steady on, steady on, Ian. <laughs> we shouldn't be talking about fillers, should we? No, we, no, we shouldn't. No. No, we have been in Premier League got five seasons now, pretty much, so you shouldn't you, be yeah. I agree. You know, we, we shouldn't be saying, oh, yeah, let, let's have a stopgap. Let, you yeah. know, let's no, I, I think... I think Brereton Diaz could be a good option, and I think he's not coming home. in January, is he? Because they're in the middle of a promotion battle now, aren't they? They're currently third, third at the point of second place. Yeah, yeah so it's I'm... a paradox. Yeah, but you know, it's it, it is what it is. An enigma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Inside, inside, inside I just, I just circle, found yeah. the um, Oldham stuff. So three Oldham fans got this letter from the club out of the blue, saying you've regularly displayed your desire to promote your dislike of Oldham Athletic the football club, its management and its progression, which considering their second bottom of the uh, football league, it's hard to see the progression they've got exactly there. Only going one way as well at the moment. Yeah, yeah. regression rather than progression, that would be, sorry, yeah. though. And you were influencing mean, others to do the same. And it just it just took me back to, uh, I mean, obviously, we're nowhere near like that now, obviously, and, and you know, it so makes me very happy that we're not in that situation. But, and Tony Bibb obviously has the best interest of the club at heart, but it takes you back to the 90s when, we were so close. And you look, I mean, Barry have got out of business recently. Macclesfield, it isn't, it's still happening these days. And Oldham fans must be really worried about their future, especially if they drop out the league. Do you, do you think, though, Peter? Club to, ever, to ever drop out the football leagues? The first... South End as well. Yeah. South End's in a lot yeah. of trouble. Yeah, South End of yeah. Ron Martin. Part of this is, though, do you think that we've been spoiled for all these years because of our culture? Do you think hmm. we've always had too many professional teams in this country? Because we've I don't got think over, it's... when you think about it, we've got over a hundred professional teams mm. in the country because half mm. the conference are full time. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not now, sure now, the now answer no to that country, is yes. 
no yeah. other country of our size would have that amount of professional football. Uh, no, but we do, we do have one of the largest populations in Europe, despite not being one of the biggest countries, um, in terms of certainly football-going-wise, uh, at least. Yeah. Um, I think areas like the Northwest of, uh, and, and actually Yorkshire as well are ab- absolutely riddled with clubs. You could say there's too many clubs in that sense. I don't think it's true to say overall that we're... We're kind of open, we're we're overblown in terms of the number of clubs because those clubs, even you, you're getting non-league clubs, getting twelve, thirteen hundred, up to two, two and a half thousand. Some of them um, get two and a half, don't they? Yeah, sometimes? but ground. it's not just them. Some of the some of the other clubs uh, are getting really good crowds. Um, yeah. And Blythe Spartans, I think, is not uh, not Blythe Spartans. Uh, South Shields, I think, again, Shields, something yeah. like twelve, thirteen hundred, and you know, and that's a hotbed of football. I, I think on the other hand, that case, in League Two, League One, get like what. 1500 or something like that. Well, so, some of them, yeah. But yeah. I, I think that just, that's just down to the meritocracy where yeah. clubs who have a smaller fan base can still achieve, like Morecambe, Accrington, Crawley, clubs like that. But I do think there is room for all those clubs. I think the problem we've got is that, unfortunately, that the, the heritage that we have with so many clubs that, that all have enough of a fan base, in theory, to support a club, um, there's, there's obviously a large proportion probability or yeah. leeches tapping onto them because there's more there's more yeah, um, yeah, opportunity isn't think, it that's the thing but there's, but there's lots of real estate there yeah exactly right in town centre that, that's, that, yeah. that's got enough and you see everything things change don't they things move on yeah. and, I, and I don't as much as the three of us love football and we will always love football yeah it, it do does sentiment get in the way Woolworths is no longer mm. here is it Debenhams is no longer here Bentles, Beals, you know, all all things are, things move on, things change, fads change. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the I think uh, the boys' brigade, for example, is 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 no more. Well, that was huge, wasn't it? Sunday school, three out mm. of five kids in 1949 went to Sunday school in this country. That's gone, and I, I, I'm not, you know, don't want to say foot football's like Sunday school or Debenhams or. But things do change. And they I think we change. may have been in this cocoon for years where we've got these 92 league clubs because we've got them. And that's hmm. it. And I think that as... Um, but what you have to remember is prior to 1983, which was the first ever live league game, October 83, which was Spurs against Forest, you only ever had three live, live games on in a season, didn't you? The FA Cup final, the European Cup final in England, Scotland. Everything else Mm. was highlights. Now, you can have football every day of the week. So you've not got your, say, your Oldham fans from the 1950s and 60s that were young kids that would go to Boundary Park on a Saturday and then watch match of the day probably on on the Saturday night. If, If they want to sit at home and they've got a dish... They can watch any team they want, can't they? I, I think clubs like Oldham and Berry, they're not struggling, or going to miss in Berry's case, because of fans. They're doing it. No, I mean, there's not. an argument that ones like Macclesfield maybe never had the fan base to justify a, a league team, and they drop back down, and they'll they'll pull up probably to non-league to higher end of non-league where they should be. But clubs like Berry and Oldham are, are big clubs. They're not like they're not they historically. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, but the fan base is. It's the owners just, that are a problem with them. I'd say. Yeah, but. But the owners are then feeding off the Sky generation where the younger kids may not necessarily want to go and watch live football. They'll watch it on the TV. I think some of them won't, but I do think there's still a generational ongoing 
kind of passion for local football. I think oh, there's still, still, still live at three enough, enough to like keep great. it going at least. Yeah, oh, I mean you're not yeah, going to yeah. get very big crowds at Oldham anymore unless they happen to go crazy in terms of doing really well. But um, but at the level they're at, well, the level they're hoping to stay at anyway, um, you know, they will st- still get proportionally decent yeah. crowds in. And I do think some of those are the younger generation. You are right, though, Ian, that there's other distractions. And obviously there, there's, there's other pulls on their attention. They're supposedly tiny attention span, according to Arsene. But, but that's with no issue why they proposal. still don't allow three o'clock kickoff to be on TV, isn't it? Yeah. Every, the, well, yeah. the, I know there's you know pirate things that sort of that you can get on the internet, but that is why they don't let three o'clock plus be on TV. But then Johnny Smith down the boozer will sell you a fire stick that you can watch all yeah. the three o'clock kickoffs. So yeah. you, know, know. And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I know that happens. Oh no, no I, I just you know I, I would love to have as we had before, but it will never happen. But I'm a I'm a traditionalist. I'm a sentimentalist. I'm I'm stuck in. If I could go back to 1982 and know what I know now, I'd love it. But I'd love to have three games on match of the day and three games on ITV on the the Sunday. But it will never happen because we're this mass thing now. You know, when I went Mm. to Australia for the cricket, you you have match choice. Every Premier League game is available at a a touch of a button in Australia. You know, and that's probably why to a degree, Paul Barber and, and the club can say there's 30,000 in the, the ground every week, even when there isn't. Because one, they've had the, the season ticket money, and two, the, the global product that they're part of now dwarfs anything that they get through the gate anyway. I just say it's ironic, though, but thinking about match of the day, that uh, Saturday, they literally had match of the day. <laughs> well, that's good. That was it, good, should, yeah. Normally, it should be called matches of the day or something like that, technically. Yeah, yeah. that's always been grammatically wrong, yeah. isn't it? It's but Saturday, it was actually correct. It was match of the day. Match of the, and it was only half an hour, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the originals, I don't think it was one match, was it? I'm pretty sure they no, showed it, at least yeah, one. Yeah, I think they showed various highlights, didn't they? Yeah. It was yeah. always, but, but it's bizarre. And when you think about, about it, it was always so ancient. You know, it was almost like a, a, like a traditional, well, well, it was a traditional thing. Sport on two, which was the, the, the Radio Two did sport before Radio Five came uh, along. Radio Two couldn't tell you what their second half commentary was until one minute past three because they didn't want crowds affected. They didn't want no. people sitting listening to because they only had second half commentary on their matches. You know, yeah. it's it's absolutely bizarre. Even when I started watching, going back to like grandstand and that sort of thing, and kind of sitting and sitting watching the you know the twenty minutes of the video printer, you couldn't even look at your obviously you couldn't access the scores from your phone. All you could no, do is no. the video printer when it was like seven brackets mm. and seven. And yeah, seven. yeah, but in, and that, and then the, on the match match of the day and the big match, they couldn't tell you what was on match of the day until final score. So they didn't even have the halftime reports; mm. they just had halftime scores. So, yeah. you know, that, that, that it was almost, you know, like the genie inside the lamp. I think exact opposite was, of today, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now it's it's everything. And Chris Catlin, that's the second name drop of the day, Clang. Chris <laughs> Catlin, when I took him to, to football, said, I like fish and chips, but I couldn't eat them every day. And don't you feel sometimes about live football on the telly? 
saturation. Like I mean, I, I have all the kind of I have both Sky and BT Sports, but I very rarely watch games unless I'm you know just because I get yeah you do get kind of bored unless Albin are playing and I'm missing it for any sort of thing. You know, in in lockdown with with the with with the games without fans, I could only watch Brighton fan Brighton mm. games, and that was at a push. Luckily, when I got my press pass sorted, that was great. Oh, I could go and watch Brighton games at, at the empty ground. But I couldn't watch another game. You know, I, I very rarely watch games on the TV now because it is saturation point. But as a kid, and, I, and I'm, you, you two are considerably younger than me, but as a kid, on cup final day, even if your team, which Brighton never got there till I was 18 years old, um, for the previous sort of 13 years, when I was 12 years, you chose a team to support on Cup Final Day because it was a live game of football. You loved England, Scotland, the European Cup Final. You know, I, I, I think the first one I watched was Ajax in, in 73 when they played Juventus. Now, that, that was the first European Cup Final that, that I watched and I wanted to support Ajax because I liked Cruyff because I'd seen him in shoot or goal or, or wherever. And that, and that was the first time that I saw him play prior to the 74 World Cup again. And I, and I just think that I don't, I, I don't want to sound like my granddad, but kids have got it too easy this, these days with the football. You know, but, they, even when I, when I started watching in the football in the early 90s, that was, that was still pretty much the case. There wasn't that much on TV. There wasn't. Oh, no, there, no, no. It was very. Big top there was the game odd, and... Yeah, there, there was the odd live games, but it, it's now it's saturation point. Yeah, and it's, it's, Friday, it's, too it's much, yeah. And it's that, and it's, and it's not, and it's not, I, I just, I don't think. You know, when, pray God, and it happens soon, when the grandchildren come along, I don't want them sitting on a sofa saying, oh, I'm going to watch it at home. I'm going to drag them to the great, because the, it's nothing like watching it live. No, it's a completely different sort of thing. And one of the things that, I, that really saddens me these days is how much they've cheapened the FA Cup final. It used to be like the weekend after the season. Because, because you they have build up from like 10 a.m. or something like that. They'd be talking yeah, about it. 10 a.m., that's all right. Prior to Stuart Hall's indiscretions, they had it's a knockout. Magnus Magnuson used to have cut final mastermind. They used to do everything, and it was it had a huge audience. But yeah. that was because you only had three live games. Yeah, yeah. I know you it's know, on Premier League weekend sometimes. It's yeah, like... and when once they start, well, classic, right? And this is 1973, Sunderland Leeds. I said to I was watching on the black and white television in Guildford Road, and I said to my granddad. Why don't the other teams play on cup final day? And do you know what he said to me? Because no one would go. Because everybody sits at home watching yeah. the FA Cup final. And that's true. But, but once you start faffing about, I mean, yeah. one of the things, and, and you know, and, and my, my struggles are, are well documented, you know, one of the big things that pissed me off, and, and it was one of my darker moments of recent years, the FA Cup semi final against Manchester City. That late kickoff, I was absolutely smashed by the time the game started. I don't even remember the second half. You know, oh, yeah. to see to be honest, because because you just you just we just faff around with kickoff yeah. times. Three o'clock yeah. is fine. I mean, yeah. I'm, I think I'm, that's I'm, almost a damning indictment as well. The fact that City was so used to going to Wembley that they took up virtually no ticket there, you know, hardly. There was not that many City fans in the ground as well. They're so boring. You no, know, because they go every other. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I still think Semi Final should be at like years. Hillsborough or it should be at like Highbury or whatever rather than, or not Highbury, obviously, the Emirates. You know, the kind of the old the proper grounds rather than Wembley because it cheapens Wembley as a. Well, I think, wasn't, wasn't the FA Cup semi finals. I don't think, it, I think the Arsenal Spurs one was the first one at, at Wembley. It was 1991 with Gaza with the free kick. But the yeah, other one, that. yeah, but the other one that afternoon was at Villa Park. That was West Ham against Forest. When I think Tony Gale got sent off in the oh, first. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like my so, first ball. That was the last one at the neutral grounds. Hmm. No, it wasn't. No, 92 was. But before that, uh, after, after that, it was always Wembley because they can get more people, go, really? people there. Yeah. Hmm. I think 92, I think, because um, Sheffield, uh, no, sorry, Portsmouth played Liverpool and drew and then had another game. And Sheffield, uh, Sunderland beat Norwich because Johnny Byrne was playing for Sunderland. And I think 93, that was Sheffield Wednesday v Sheffield United. So that went to Wembley. And then after that, it was always Wembley. Yeah, it well, seems mad as a game like that goes to because, Wembley. It just makes no once sense. They, yeah, but Peter, once they knew that they could get the dollar, yeah. not just on the final, but on the semi-final, you know, as I, I apologise if I'm repeating myself because... When I went to the England-Croatia game with Paul Camelin for the, the first game in, in the Euros, three cans of Heineken, £19.50, six and a half quid. That's why they want us in Wembley, old love. Yeah. Especially now they've paid so much money to like, get the new <coughs> Wembley as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, it's been cheap, and, and, and it? the bizarre thing is, the bizarre thing is that Mrs Hart, uh, the younger, the, my new daughter-in-law, one of her bridesmaids is a high roller with Heineken, and I was moaning to her jokingly at the wedding reception about paying six six and a half quid for the um, uh, uh, no cans of Heineken, and um, and she she said, well, that was probably all the stuff we gave them free anyway, so it's hundred percent profit, you know. Yeah, true. To, to sponsor the tournament, tournament Heineken gave them you know warehouses full of lager. So they're, they're right, just... the FA do a good job. They deserve their money. You know, they're fully... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, to be fair, a, a friend of mine, Jack Pierce, that's the third name, Jock Clang, is the vice chairman of the FA. He's the manager and chairman of Bogner. Um, yes. They are trying to move in the right direction, but they've been fighting the, the, the blazer culture for years. So they're having to move into the 21st century and they're having to do it really quick. But, you know, on the way, you, you, it's all about commercial, isn't it? It's all about let's, you know, let's, let's, let's make money. I mean, I won't big, big grudge doing it, but when I, and even with my son, and he's 26, when I took him to the, to the Eng, England final, oh, yeah, can I have a polo top, Dad? Yeah, all right. I oh, will have another can of lager at six and a half quid a pro. You know, it's, it, it is an expensive day out. Yeah. But this is why, but, though, we were saying it doesn't make sense, the Albion's new ticketing policy, because you're losing people through the door who would then pay a lot of money for all the stuff they buy, you know, kits. Ignoring the fact that you're losing potential fans, you're also losing money on the fact that they're not going to get the kits, they're not going to go to shop and buy other stuff, they're not going to go buy food and drink and 
So they're they're basically they're basically getting no men up, no no bum on seat as compared to getting someone on seat for nothing. I, but- I can't I can't give you, you know, and, and he's been very good with me with charity stuff. I know that the Dick the Dick Knight podcast on latest TV did upset them, but I would a- actually like to sit down with Paul Barber at some point and say, please tell me as a businessman, just alluding to what you've said, Peter, as a businessman. Can you explain the rationale of this £20 thing? Because you've pissed a lot of people off yeah. for the sake of 20 quid. Well, pissed a lot of people off. People who pay £600, £700 a year to fit yeah, in that ground. Yeah, you've pissed a lot of people off. It's like, I think it's a lot of money people are paying for this sort of it's thing. An, it, it shouldn't be it's an interesting question. It? People who spend a lot of money. I, I think, I mean, you mentioned earlier in about fanzines moving out and... Obviously, well, there are actually fanzines still here. We should make honourable mention to Dogma and the North Stand Collective do one as well. So they they have got those, but they're Dogma more cultural. And North Stand Collective, please. Can you send me some copies? Because I would love to read your stuff. So please yeah. send it to me. Get them to yes, email yes. it to, to me or send it through the post. Um, oh, I can't right. really what's, what's my, the address? Well, if, well, if you don't I, want to I give it out I can't really online, give my address can... out because of firebombing. You know, I've only just got new windows. <laughs> you think Paul Barber's that much of a risk to you then? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hearty1964 Hearty at hotmail.co.uk. Hearty1964 hmm. at hotmail.co.uk. Yeah. Anyone watching in Nigeria, please don't send me another email. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my 14 million. <laughs> <laughs> right, we tend to get but, uh, like, people in Singapore and uh, Philippines. <laughs> Than, uh, yes, Africa. Yes. Well, we might we might have some Zambian listeners now, for all we know. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean those 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 um, fanzines are interesting. They're well produced. They're really interesting. Well, no, I uh, would read. really want to read but them. The the difference is certainly true. It certainly validates your point. Actually, there is a different thing. It's more of about football culture and sort of behind mm. the scenes stuff. What you obviously in your era of fanzine when you had Goals Eye, it was yeah. more about political kind of anti-club because it had to be anti-club because the club was was being run badly um and i think across the country it was about similar stuff wasn't it it was about um contending certain issues that were going on and i do think as you said i do think things have moved on you can't really now have um fanzines that are trying to debate hot topics cultural uh sorry hot topics within policy within the club because things are moving on a lot more quickly Obviously, all that side of things now, generally, with the exception of one or two clubs like Man United and Liverpool, I think, still have very popular fanzines that are sold on match days. But I think part of that is part of the choice you know, attraction, rough, isn't it? To, to my eternal shame, and I never, I never realised how, how offensive it was hmm. um, until I went on a weekend trip to Amsterdam and met some really nice Dutch people of a certain age. One of the lines in the first ever goals I was, it's 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 nice to see the Dutch lasted longer in the European Championships than they did in World War Two. Now Ooh. you know, so yeah, but, you know, and people thought that was funny, but when you actually visit Amsterdam and talk to old pensioners that were there when the Nazis were there, I mean that that is quite offensive now. And years hmm. later, there are certain things that we wrote in goals I. I didn't actually write that line; someone else did. But when I actually read that and think that is that is really below the the, the belt, you know, some of the things, uh, you know, like someone asked, "What are you most looking forward to this season?" And someone said, um, "One of our uh, columnists, who's now passed on, sadly, um, said Mike Trusson's transfer. The thought of him <laughs> prancing around in a Brighton shirt fills me with dread. 
And everything, every time I see Mike Trusson, he reminds me of that line. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah. I remember when you slagged me off. And it's like Richard Tiltman is a very dear friend of mine now. And he was a school friend of mine. But then we had this hiatus in the, the middle when he probably wasn't. But can I clarify now? He's not the worst Albion player ever. Not by a country mile. I mean, and, and, Gillingham and, years were literally kind of... Yes, yeah. Exactly. It's know. all proportional, isn't it? You put it yeah. in context. It, it, we may have done the most teams of Albion uh, team ever, and it came from Gillingham years, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, your you, you Michael Mahoney Johnsons, your Imika Ifejiaguas, your people like that. <laughs> Damien you know, Hilton, Glenn, I think, was... Uh, I, I still yeah, think Glenn about the worst Thomas, ever. Neil. I mean, I, I remember Glenn Thomas, again, another one of my favourite, but plagiarised lines, but we all do it. You know, when, when, do you remember that game at Brentford? And I said... I missed he, that one, but I remember he yeah, had, yeah. had a, a terrible game, awful. didn't he? He was awful. And I said he was doing the work of two men in defence. I said Laurel and Hardy, you know, and it was, it was just, <laughs> it was, it was just, there's so much dross. I mean, there was a keeper called Brian McKenna that played against Middlesbrough. At he played Goldstone. in my first ever, that was my first ever game at the Goldstone. Yeah, we lost 4-2 <laughs> where, where the keeper got injured and... and you know, but then again, my, he's now my brother-in-law. This is, this, and this is where, <laughs> no, not, 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 not Brian McKenna, John Keeley is oh, right, my right. brother-in-law now. And um, Perry, oh, really? Dig, Perry Digwe didn't get the message that he was playing. This is before mobile phones. This hmm. is in uh, September 1988. So Perry Digwe never got the message that he was playing, right? This was in the days of three subs. It, none I, of them I'm going to slightly correct you there. It was September 1990, because it was my first ever season. That was my first home game. I yeah. remember that because it literally was my first ever game at the Goldstone. No, 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 no. That, that, I'm going back to a different game. The, the middle oh, of the different game, game was September uh... 1990. No, the, 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 the 1990. No, no. The game I'm going on, on, uh... on about is uh, when um, Perry Digweed was supposed to be in gold against Bournemouth, Harry Redknapp's Bournemouth in 1988. And John Keeley was playing pool in the stadium pub and was three pints in, right? And they <laughs> phoned him and got him out of the pub to play, all right? And he actually said, when Barry Lloyd phoned him to say, get down the, the ground, Perry's not turned up and I've got to put a team sheet in, Kilo said, but I'm next on the pool table. <laughs> <laughs> And he got you know, caught, that's the days of you didn't have a goalie sub, did you? So if you weren't play, no, no. playing, no, no. And then he got caught with a long range shot, and he uh, he said it, it. You know, it was the four, it's the four pints of Fosters that did it for him. Did I, I've heard from my, I think from my dad that this game at Swindon in the seventies that he went to, when the game was called off at like some point, and the players all went down the pub, and then apparently it was then to change their mind or something changed, and it was actually on, and we were four down at half time, and it was a yeah. Called off at that point. Yeah, and it got abandoned. Yeah, but going back to the Brian McKenna game, your first game, I think we were about three nil down, weren't we? In twenty minutes. I just remember we lost four two, and we were dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they had a bloke up front then called Bernie Bernie Slaven. Going back, a famous one. This is going back. This is one for the teenagers now. Um, West Ham were playing at Blackpool in nineteen seventy in the FA Cup. And they got to the hotel on the Friday night to be told the game was definitely off. So Bobby Moore, Clyde Best, Brian Deere and Jimmy Greaves went out to Brian London's club, the 007 club, that he got from when he fought Muhammad Ali. The money he got for that 
he bought the 007, which was a nightclub with hostesses, in inverted commas. Anyway, <laughs> they, they had more than a few beers, got up the next morning, and the, the, um, the, the anticipated frost hadn't come, and they had to play, and West Ham lost 5-0. And um, they, they basically sacked Brian Deere, sacked Jimmy Greaves, and suspended Clyde Best and Bobby Moore. So, you know, it's like another one of those games that, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't going to happen, but did happen. But, you know, yeah, going back to the, the, the dross, you know, we've, we've gone off. Yeah, the, 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 I wouldn't say Brian McKenna's the worst keeper. Who, who was that one that Russell... Yeah, he had one game, from, didn't he, I think, to be fair. Yeah, so. One game, but who was the one that Russell Slade got from Scotland that was going to... Oh, dis- Graham Smith. Yeah, Smith, Graham yeah. Smith. Bloody hell. You know, he was I, awful. I, I, Graham with an E. He's, he's like Nick Ross and he don't have nothing. And he can see like about 28 goals in about seven games or something. Yeah. Half games. It was but, incomprehensibly but awful. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so when you look at him and you look at the Michael Mahoney Johnsons and the, um, who was the other one? The, 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 well, there's Hilton, as you say. Um, Balagistas and the Arsenal loan, he was pretty dreadful as oh, well. Oh, bloody, don't tell me about Now there's a story here, old love. Nick Knight said he discovered him. He was going to be the biggest name in Icelandic football. I said he's probably the longest dick, but he's not the biggest. <laughs> he's definitely not the he longest was either. Awful. Was he not awful? <laughs> well, well, even at Withdean, but Sonny Gillingham, you sign a player alone from Ashton Arsenal, from Liverpool, you think, oh, they must be good. And you're like, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Graham Barrett. Do you remember him? when we? Oh, he was, yeah. He was dreadful yeah. at a much higher level, to be fair, though. Well, Richard Tillman, that was the thing. He, he played at a high no, level. So, so I've Tillman, got to say, I was... I was, I was guilty as well. I've been no, very no, guilty of having a go at those guys. No, Barrington had played for Feyenoord. Kennedy had played for for um, uh, Glasgow Rangers. You know, and, and, and as hmm. bad as they were... And I don't think Tilts was bad. Tilts was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The club were having to ship out. We, we have this famous story about Dean Saunders... Getting uh, over, overlooked for Tiltman. That was that was bullshit. The thing was, Barry was on a budget, right? Saunders was on appearance money, win, lose, or draw, right? That week they didn't have enough money to pay the appearance money, so Tiltman had to play, right? And Barry gets absolutely slaughtered, but we but we didn't know, and we only found out in late later years. Barry gets slaughtered for selling. Oxford United for six to selling Saunders to Oxford United for 60 grand. That was actually 60 grand and the club more than the club were prepared to let him walk away for football. They were prepared to rip his contract up. So Barry should actually be patted on the back for getting six, 60 grand and not criticised. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, they did have to work in difficult circumstances. I think Richard Tilburn came from Worthing, didn't he? And, uh, you know, so he's from a different. Stop, well, I think, but I mean, I remember him. He, I think he, he he had a shot once. I think at the south end, and it went off the corner flag off for a throw in. And I think that was the moment when I I thought, oh, it was cool. a pass. But, it was a pass. <laughs> yes, exactly. You mentioned Andy Kennedy. Well, my memory of Andy it's, Kennedy is him. He wasn't as bad as the other ones. And he, he I remember him playing in goal at Mansfield one year when we ended up winning because I think it was it must have been Beanie or Digweed or yeah. something got sent off, and we ended up winning at Mansfield with Andy Kennedy playing in goal at the end. It's just do you remember? When, uh, do you, I know it's before your time, but um, uh, uh, Russ, do you remember when uh, Perry Digweed got kicked in the Ghoulies 
and Brendan. You know, I was literally, literally just about yeah. to mention that. Yeah. I said we mentioned yeah. Marcel earlier with yeah. the testicles, although it's appropriate you quite yeah. quickly brought up Perry yeah. Digweed. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. that was a bad one, wasn't it? He was down for ages. He was pissing blood at half time, poor yeah. lad. Yeah. We all, and Brenda yeah. went in goal and we drew, didn't we? It was John That's Paskin right. was the bloke that uh, took his gonads out. He's a, do you yeah. know what? I, I met uh, Perry at the Euros this year and he hasn't changed, the old git. He, he's still got the old grey. He, he's got grey rather than the blonde. Hopefully he's stopped pissing blood, though, at least. Uh, oh, I'd yeah, like well, to think. I'd, but, I'd, yeah, I'd apart from that, though. Like. <laughs> you know, he, 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 was, he, he, was a, he was a good lad. But, um, he was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tilts was... Tilt, and, I, and I do get very annoyed when people say, oh, the worst player is Tilt. Tiltman was nowhere near the worst player. Neither was Farrington, neither was Kennedy. I know this is an adult... Oh, I've just got to take this call to my wife. Hold on, I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> this is gold. Uh, well, it'll, it'll be finishing at about seven-ish. Do you want me to come and get you? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll finish at five, five, five ten. Like, this is all live on the podcast, darling. Right. It's our first live yeah. phone call on the yeah, podcast. Five. This is great. All right, darling, cheers, bye. I was waiting to see if he was going to say something contentious there, but he seemed, no, seemed to be all right. Mrs. Hart's got one over the eight, so, so I've got them. We had a contentious. We hell hath no woman. Uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. There was a rather personal story about Andy Kennedy um, the night after getting hold of a young Worthing maiden. In a, in, a, in a local night spot. And, um, and this girl had obviously been given the old gooner by Andy Kennedy, mad dog, as he was known, between the sheets. And she, and she came up with this story. And we said, as funny as it is, love, and I'll tell you two off, off air when I sign off, as funny as it is, love, this is a fanzine. This is not Mayfair or Playboy. We can't print stories like this. And then what happens all those years later, Robbie Fowler gets the grip of Mrs. Uh, Bellotti, and all bets are off. We print the lot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you remember that, Russ? Yeah, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 David Bellotti, Robbie Fowler, the menage a trois. <laughs> it doesn't bear thinking about, does it? It really doesn't. <laughs> I don't think Bellotti was involved. I think it was just Rob, Robbie and uh, Mrs Bellotti. Yeah. Well, speaking of the fanzine, just a final final point on the fanzine side of things as well, yeah. just to round that off. Um, yeah. So, so contri- con- contributors, obviously, we have. You, I think you have Paul Samra, didn't you? And Attila, yeah, people Paul Cameron, yeah, Paul Cameron, yourself, Paul, Nick Chapanic. Who, who else was involved? Paul Welsh, oh, most Boy Shooter, Danny Hornby. Yeah. Every we were come one, come all. And people Steve Fowler was on that as well, was he? Yeah, no, yeah. People would yeah. come up to us and say, "I've got an article." Right, cheers, mate. I'll stick it in next time because that cheers. was the whole point. It wasn't highbrow; it was the sun. All right, and we'll put anything in. Provide, or I say provide, it wasn't libelous. We we obviously got sued. <laughs> but bizarrely, ev- everything that. everything that we alluded to actually happened, and mm. um, it was a it was funny because on on the day we got sued, we um we were in the high court the same day as Sonia Sutcliffe won her five hundred grand from the News of the World. Uh, for the for younger uh, for younger listeners. That is the wife of the late Yorkshire Ripper. So she got 500 grand and we'd had to pay about 14 grand for 20 minutes. And we asked her if she'd help pay our money and she said no. (laughs) (laughs) 
worth a try. It was certainly very maverick. It was for the people, yeah, wasn't it? Look, it As was, you said, and it was it was, it was of its time, and I loved it. And and I yeah. and you could, and you could never replicate it. And I hmm. and I know other people tried, and we had a goal's eye too. And but it was just of its time, and you know, great memories of 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 times. You know, and, and and things, and like you know, like we said last time we spoke, we'll 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 never have it again. And when when we were there, I knew when I woke up on that September morning earlier this year that the football in gods would stop us going top of the Premiership. I said to my boy when I got to <laughs> to work, there is no way we're going to beat Palace. The football in gods. Yeah. Will stop us going top yeah. of the plate. They've yeah. got a habit of stopping us doing yeah, things no, in key it, moments. It, like, you know, At least you know, in a way, that. it was still like a win in, in its own way as well. Yes. Just... Oh yeah. No. And it, and it was brilliant. But you know, we, we went up to corporate hospitality out there, and there was no way it was going to happen. You know, whoever sits up there is it Stanley Matthews on his cloud planning everything. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. But you know, for nights like Paris in September this year, we had to have all the struggles. Because you ne- you only appreciate, and even with all my personal struggles, you never really appreciate good times until you've had really bad times. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think that's what we said before about you know feeling a bit sorry once for like the Man U fans, where you know you come fifth and you're like, oh, that's terrible sort of thing. You don't really appreciate what's what's going on. I mean, I don't feel that sympathy much sympathy for them, but I mean, for example, we've had like a few discussions before about the fact that like the Walsall one 0 defeat against nine men was then followed by beating City on penalties in the League Cup. Yeah. And that sort of thing, you know, it's like the absolute, you know, from you know, ridiculous to sublime to turn around a, a common phrase. You know, I can I can remember, and, and I think I think this was after you. I think you might have been come. Do you remember what we played Peterborough at the Goldstone, and they had a couple of players sent off. They yes. were the nine men. They had an away kit that Jimmy Savile would have turned his nose up at. It was so garish, and <laughs> and we couldn't even beat them. You know, but it, but it's days like that that you remember, and you know it's great times, and and you do think, you know, for all the Premier League dream and a lot of friends of mine when we went up in two thousand seventeen, a lot of friends that are West Ham fans and Arsenal fans, even a couple of friends that Southampton and Newcastle. Be careful what 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 you wish for, because yeah. once you get on the hamster wheel, some of the fun goes, and this is why I do think we have to push push on because as you've said Pete with they have got us both they've got all three of us because we will renew oh you know I'd have to renew anyway but you two will as well um but it's it's just I just want a little bit more I want that little bit of excitement dare I say it it was only briefly but I used to get a buzz when Rod Thomas got the ball yes yeah. Because he, because he would he was an exciting player. I can remember him seeing him play for England schoolboys. And when Rod Thomas got the ball, it was exciting times. And, and I he was paid for it by the fans as well. He was our player in a way. Yeah, and it, it was wasn't really, it really wasn't Vicente, was but it was all contextual, wasn't it? It's all. Yeah. It's all in Are you saying that Rod Thomas was less you know, good than Vicente? Oh, I'm afraid I am. Yeah, Only controversial just, opinion there, Russ. <laughs> a little, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Are you in the where do you stand on the Vincente versus Lawrenson argument then? Well, I mean, in Who terms is the of best player to ever player, pull on an Albion shirt? I think it's really hard to say because uh, it comes back to the old argument of 
you know, within eras and things, doesn't it? A little bit. And obviously they're, they're playing a different part of the field. So it's very hard to say, which is me sitting on the fence. But I mean, I would say they were probably equally good in terms of quality thereabouts. Johnny um, Lawrence um, wins it though, although I didn't see him. But the no, because of his, because of his, you know, because of his time. played like about 20 odd games for us, didn't yeah. he? You know, Lawrence, I mean, for, Lawrence for me, um, injury robs the Republic of Ireland of a world-class player. If yes. Lawrence had played yeah. at the 88 Euros and the 90 World Cup and the 94 yeah. World Cup even. Because um, they did quite Lawrence, well anyway, didn't they? You know, Lawrence would have been heralded as a world-class yeah. player. He'd have probably gone to Italy with, with yeah. the European um, club ban. Um, you know, in, in, you know, yes. had he had yeah, yeah. things... Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's, you know, <coughs> he is the greatest player that will ever play for this sport. Well, we're, we're hoping to get him back on the podcast at some point. So if we do, we'll have to get you on for that one. By yeah, the no, of it. well, I'll, I'll be playing. I'll, 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 I'll be like, um, what's it? Fanboy. No, Wayne and Garth. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dad always says he's the, the greatest player to um, play yeah. for. Yeah. I mean, certainly in terms of... the greatest striker... The greatest striker yeah. uh, is now Murray. Yes, but before I'd agree. that, as a forward, going to be a little bit controversial because he was a lovely man as well, and sadly no long longer with us. Michael late, Robinson. Michael Robinson. Hmm. If yeah. you finish fourth from bottom, a point off relegation, and score twenty-one goals in a forty-two leagues game season. That's some doing in a in yeah, because all our other big scorers have scored at a lower level, haven't they? Really, generally, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you know, exactly, it's all that was that was that was mm. Lauren, that was Robinson scoring in the season that Villa won it, Ipswich came second, Liverpool won the European champ, uh, champ, uh, won the European Cup, you yeah. know, and, and that uh, he he was absolutely a different class. He he was a, and it's sad that when he went up to that other level. He was probably uh, Liverpool. Probably had an embarrassment of riches when he went there, because he was a very small fish in a big pond. Um, yeah. But no, sad times, sad times. Boys, I've, I'm sorry to do You've this again. Go- she who must I, be obeyed. <laughs> because we can't do. Uh, I'm like Cinders at, at midnight here, yeah? and I do apologise. And we must do it again in in a, in a month or so, or when you get Lawrenson back on. But gents, can I also invite you on in the new year? to come on Hearties 1 to 1 on latest TV, but we'll do a Hearty 1 to 2. I was going to say, it'll be a 1 to 2, yeah. yeah to me, to you, 1 to 2, yeah. 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 I, well, I'm up for that, Peter. I yeah, don't sounds know. good. Yeah. We've and got have faces a, have for a, radio. Have but... a lovely Christmas. I think we'll beat Brentford 1-0, and I think yeah. there'll be 7,000 people in the ground. Yeah, probably about that. Only 1,000 <laughs> on the attendance list. But, uh, but I don't think we'll play Chelsea and I don't think we'll play Everton. I think, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're probably right there. I think, I think they'll put the third round of the FA Cup back to the fourth round day or whatever. Yeah. I think Palace on the 14th will probably be our first day back, hopefully, yeah. with, with fans. Because it is out there and I do. But can I just say one more thing to your podcast people? Because I know you, you have a lot of people listening. We all have a laugh and we all have a thing. Get your phone tonight, everybody listening to this, and ring someone that you know lives on their own and you probably haven't spoken to for a few weeks. Give them a call tonight and check they're okay. Yeah. During the previous got... lockdown, I've done yeah. something similar. It, it we've really all is... got to look after each other in, in these Absolutely. times. Take yeah, care, boys. Good... 
Very good note to end on. Cheers, Hearty. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. So there we go. Ian Hart then. Always, as usual, quite shy, not very talkative and uh, not very contentious at all. You know, it's great. I do still think Richard Tilton wasn't really good. But yes, he's probably right. He's not the the worst player in the world. Um, So, okay, we're going to probably round off this episode there. We've got some other stuff to talk about. We're going to make that into a separate episode as I'm looking at what Peter's drinking. You're going to have to tell me because I can't quite make that label out. It's called Siren Medusa Hazy Pale Ale. It's called that Medusa. sounds a bit alluring. in Medusa <laughs> as in the snakes, but Medusa. Well, I mean, on, on, on the north. And in my theme, uh, I, Seagulls I've Over London uh, uh, beer. Tankard. Tankard. Oh, you can't be at Seagulls Over London Tankard. Brilliant. You've got to be a member if you want to get one of those, by the way. Um, if you want to do that, you can check them out on www.seagullsoverlondon.com. Peter and I are both committee members, um, so we've, we've got rights over who joins and who doesn't, haven't we, Peter? There or thereabouts. We might have to reject you, but uh, you can try your luck anyway. Why not? Um, I, I'm on Naughty But Nice from the Vocation Brewery. Really nice, actually. I do a bit like sickly Vocation. sweet, but if you know what I mean. But it's, it is a good, it's a good version of those caramelly really sweet dark beers and uh, there there it is for you peter for your benefit you can see nice dark liquid lovely right, mine's a lot um, lighter this is fascinating yeah. ra- this is fascinating radio isn't it absolutely yeah, yeah it's electrifying yeah so so that was hearty then obviously yeah, with his, his further takes on the goals i fanzine and his general anecdotes memories reflections and opinions he's he's always very shy for a word or two <laughs> but it was entertaining to get him on we're going to um take a break conversationally speaking now and we're going to do a separate episode so in our next episode it will be lots of discussions on various subjects that have come up there's been a lot to talk about this week we didn't get a chance to ask Hardy about it because he's got to go but um but we've got a number of things to talk about so in our next episode we'll be talking about the covid situation in a bit more detail the ticketing uh, system uh, debate in a bit more detail fiasco. Um, fiasco could be the word we could use we could use um there's also rumors of possible departures uh behind the scenes um, I want to have a moan at Leeds. I know you're going to hate that uh, when I do that, Peter. And um, a couple of other bits to talk about. So that'll be in our next episode. But for this episode... A bit, a bit of a Brentford around... preview as well, maybe. Oh, and a Brentford preview, indeed, yeah. So for this episode, we're going to round off, um, although it's going to be the same evening when you hear us again. Um, I'm going to say the usual stuff here, Peter, and hopefully you will too. So stand or fall. Up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.